0: It's episode 36 of Escape the Rat Race Radio. Let's do this.
1: You know, I remember the day I handed my resignation in. I was nervous and apprehensive, but as I walked home, I was walking on cloud nine. The sense of freedom and mastery of your own destiny was just incredible. The great thing about an investment like property is that you work once and get paid forever.
0: Okay, welcome to another episode of Escape the Rat Race Radio. My name is Christian Rodwell, and this week I am interviewing Mr. Simon Zucci, who is the founder of the Property Investors Network an author of Property Magic and a highly successful property investor and educator. Now, Simon purchased his first property back in 1995 when he was working for Cadbury Limited in Birmingham in the UK as a graduate trainee. Now, he continued to build his property portfolio to the point whereby at the age of just 32, he was completely financially independent. Now, in 2003, he set up the Property Investors Network, which we know today as PIN, and that has now grown to be one of the largest network of monthly property meetings, where he currently has 52 every month around the UK for anyone that's interested in learning how to become a successful property investor. Now, most recently, Simon's latest entrepreneurial venture, was to come up with the idea of creating a property specialist peer-to-peer lending platform to facilitate loans between property professionals and private lenders. And that platform is called Crowd Property. Now, in this interview, Simon discusses why knowing yourself and finding others to help you is so important in the growth of your business, and you'll also get to hear his five golden rules that anybody wishing to invest in property successfully absolutely must understand. So let's not wait around any longer, and let's head over to my conversation with Simon Zucchi. Welcome to Escape the Rat Race Radio, Simon. How are you today? i oh, fantastic, thank you. Really good, Christian. Great. And where in the world are you right now? I'm in sunny Birmingham in England. Great. And if I'm uh, correct, Simon, that's where the property magic all began for you uh, <laughs> many years ago now. And we're going to hear about yeah. your story. And um, for those, Simon, who haven't had the pleasure of hearing you speak or meet or be on one of your trainings, would you first just introduce yourself, who you are and what your business is?
1: Yes. So I have a number of businesses. Uh, My core business is uh, a training and educational business and we specialize in teaching people how to become financially independent through property, how to escape the rat race using property as a vehicle. And for some of those people, they don't actually want to be in property, but property is the way of replacing their current income to give them the time and freedom to do what they want to do. And so we're based in Birmingham. Um, I've come from Kent originally, but I came to university here. I got a job here. I settled here until I personally escaped. And then I started teaching other people how to do it. And I've been doing that ever since 2003.
0: Wow. Well, and you're doing a mighty fine job of it, might I add, as well, Simon. Thank you. So, Simon, you and I have known each other probably for on and off for a couple of years now. And it probably yeah. started, obviously, through you know, a bit of property education and, of course, our common uh, interest and love of Wealth Dynamics and being part of Roger Hamilton's community. Yes. Um, we're big uh, believers in mentors and education. And for anyone yeah. who does want to escape the rat race, first of all, you need to really cultivate a strong mindset. And then secondly, you need to support yourself uh, and surround yourself with like-minded people that can help you on that journey and people that have already taken a few steps ahead of you who can show you where to avoid the pitfalls and how to accelerate that process. And if you don't mind taking us back, Simon, to really where it all began for you um, and, and, and really finding a problem and, and solving that problem. Um, and, and that's really where, I guess, Um, the Property Investor Network began uh, for you. Am I right?
1: Absolutely. So um, what happened, Christian, was you're absolutely right. I think um, one of the most important things that's either going to help you move forward or going to hinder you moving forward in your business and in the, the mission to escape the rat race is absolutely your mindset um yes you've got to have some specialist knowledge some know how if you want to set up a business whether it's in property or on the internet or whatever it might be you've got to know what to do and the good news is you don't need to learn that yourself the hard way there's so many books there's so many podcasts like this there's so many videos on youtube there are so many courses you know you can get the knowledge of specialist knowledge um think like sometimes there's a problem with a little bit of overwhelm. There's so much out there. What do I choose? And people might try one thing and because they're maybe not doing it correctly or they don't put enough persistence in, they don't get the results, they go to the next thing. They keep on jumping around and never really focus on any one thing, which is a challenge. So a way to get around that is try and work out what really resonates with you. For some people, the idea of property, well, I'd love to own property. I'd love to provide accommodation to people and, and make money doing that. Some people, they don't want to do it. They want to do the internet. They don't want to speak to people. you know. So you've got to pick something that's right for you. And I kind of got into property by mistake. Um, I, I basically, when I finished university um, in 94, I wanted to get a job in the rat race. I wanted to be in the rat race. I wanted the corporate life. I'd gone to school. I'd been told to get a good education. You get a good job. I bought into that. That's what I wanted. My sisters, who are older than me, one worked for Procter & Gamble at the time, one worked for Mars, so really big blue chip companies, and I expected that's who I was going to work for. And I went to a really good university, Birmingham University. I did a combined honours in manufacturing, engineering, and business studies. I got a really good degree. I did lots of university. I thought, yeah, I must be very employable. I mean, who wouldn't want to employ me, right? And uh, cut a long story short, I, I came out of university in 94. I didn't have a job. And uh, that was uh, a bit of a surprise. And um, I committed. I really wanted to get a great job as a graduate trainee. And so I put a stake in the ground, took massive action. And if you want to leave the rat race... You know, deciding what you want, getting really clear on what you want to do and why you want to do it, and then taking massive action is really important. So I did that, but to get into the rat race, I didn't know it was a rat race at the time. And, um, and luckily, um, I say luck, but hard work, and, and I managed to get a, a great job as a graduate trainer at Cadbury's in Birmingham. So I love chocolate. Cadbury's is an amazing company, great people, and it was great. And as soon as I got my first property, uh, so as soon as I got my first job, I bought my first house. So that was for me to live in with a couple of my friends who are still at university. And what I worked out was the rent that they paid me pretty much covered the mortgage and also covered most of the bills. So I kind of was living for free and I was saving a lot of my salary and I had a part-time business uh, running student nightclub events. So a point I'd like to make to people who want to escape the rat race is that you don't have to make a complete jump at first. You can start things very much part-time in your evenings and weekends And when your income is sufficient, you can then maybe make the job. So I was running nightclub events, which is a great fun business to do at that age. And it was making some good money. And I had this money building up my business bank account. I wasn't spending all my salary. And so I decided to buy a second property. And I moved out of the house I was living in my home to buy another property slightly close to the Cadbury's, So I used to walk walk to work every day. And um, the first house, I held on to it. And that's when I had the light bulb moment. I really want everyone to listen very carefully and understand this. You see, the great thing about an investment like property is that you work once and get paid forever. What I mean is you've got to put some time and effort into actually buy that property. But once you've done it, you get rental income profit, as long as you know what you're doing, from that every single month. Then, theoretically, over time, the value goes up as well. Property prices go up and they go down. Uh, But long-term trends in most countries is up. And so you get cash flow now. And if you get enough of those properties, you get enough to replace your income. And that's ultimately what I did. So I started to buy a few more. And and in the year 2000, my accountant said, "Son, you've made more money part-time from your property than you have as a full-time manager at Cadbury's. And I can tell you, I put a lot less time into my property than I did my, my job where I had to get up every morning and go into work. And sometimes it's dark. and I don't like getting up when it's dark. But that's what I had to do as a job, right? And you don't have any choice. And so in 2001, I made the decision that actually I was going to leave my very good, very enjoyable corporate life because I wanted to do my property and be a bit more entrepreneurial, do some other stuff. And, you know, I remember the day I handed my resignation in, I was nervous and apprehensive. But as I walked home, I was walking on cloud nine. The sense of freedom... And master of your own destiny was just incredible. Now by then i i, I didn't have i didn't completely replace my income at that point because um, uh, some of the property I was doing I was flipping property where you buy it, you do it up and sell it. So that's not passive because you need to keep doing that to make money. But it took me two more years after I left. So by the time I was in two thousand and three. I'd completely replaced my income with passive income. So I could have stopped and done nothing and earned the same amount as I did when I left Capri's a couple of years before. So because I'd gotten to the point where I'd proven myself that I can make money from property, I thought, you know, if I'm going to take a little bit of dip in income maybe for a short term, but I'll have a much better lifestyle and i have the freedom to then really focus on property and get where I want to get to quickly. So that's kind of how I escaped the rat race. And then in 2003, um. I found it actually quite lonely because I wasn't—I didn't have the connection of going to work and meeting people. Um, I was doing my club stuff still. I was doing my property, but that was kind of both part-time really. And I'd started investing in my own personal education in about 1998, and so I was starting to go on personal development courses and training for my for my mindset for my business and property. And uh, in the year 2000, I stumbled across someone you know very well, I'm sure, Tony Robbins. And uh, Tony Robbins talks all about the importance of mindset and environment. And at the time, in 2003, I was going to breakfast network meetings where you have a load of businesses they go to and they kind of refer business to each other. And I met a great accountant, great mortgage broker, great solicitor, everyone I needed in my property business. Great. The only problem is none of them, including the mortgage broker, the estate agent, the letting agent, actually had a new property. So I was really quite lonely. And so I went online to see if there's some sort of group, some support group, you know, I could go to. I was going to the Tony Robbins Yes Group, which is a kind of a personal development group. I was going to the breakfast business network meetings, but there was nothing for property investors. So being a bit of a creator, I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to start one myself. So I started the very first Networking in the UK for property investors, um, and it's called the Property Investors Network. It's now fifty plus meetings around the country every month. Um, there are also other network meetings as well. That's great. You know, um, when you start something new, other people do something. I don't see it as competition. It just grows the whole market. Um, and so, we provide a facility where anyone, whether they're new or experienced in property, can come along to an evening meeting pounds to come and they, they can connect with other people, like-minded people. They can be inspired by what other people like them have achieved. They can avoid the mistakes other people have made. So you don't make them yourself. And you can really get updated with the latest information what's going on in the market. And I'm sure the point I want to make here, whatever industry you go in, whether it's your, you get in onto internet marketing, whatever it might be, there will be groups you can go and plug into. And you should plug into those so industry groups Um, some you might have to pay for some might be free or very low cost but be smart don't do whatever you want to do don't do it on your own you don't have to reinvent the wheel you can learn from other people who've trodden the path who've made the mistakes and means you don't have to, which means you can get there much, much quicker than they did. It took me eight years to completely replace my income. Some of my students do it in as little as eight months. It kind of makes me sick, really. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that story, Simon. And, and uh, congratulations, obviously, on, on that progression and setting up that first meeting. As you said, it, it came out of simply looking around and saying, hey, it doesn't exist what I'm looking for. And This is why I, you know, exactly the same thing happened to me when I left my job in 2014. I was looking around for kind of personal development and so many people that I meet and come along to meetups. The one book that changed everything for them is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, Reading that for the first time and just having a complete mindset shift as to what's possible and as yeah. you said earlier, you know, the, the normal um, system of going to school, getting good grades and then getting a job and relying on that to give you a good pension, it simply doesn't exist like that these days. And, um, no,
1: it doesn't. and, and as yeah. we know, Roger Hamilton talks about, you know, we're both big fans of Roger, and he talks yeah. about that, um, as most futurists predict, in 20 years, 50% of the current jobs are not going to exist. So, you know, most of the manual jobs, you know, taxi drivers or people working in shops, just not going to be around. And so, you know, schools are teaching people to get a great education and then you'll get a great job. Well, that's no longer true. It's just not going to be true in 20 years. And even if you look at now, there are so many graduates who are really smart people, they've committed to go to university and and they haven't got jobs or they're doing admin jobs because there are so many graduates who can get graduates to do admin jobs. It's, It's a real crying shame. It really is.
0: Absolutely. So, I just want to continue talking about that first that first event, Simon, because yeah. many people listening will will know, uh, obviously, that the pin events as being you know absolutely you know the first date in their diary every month that goes in there because it's such a great place to network, to learn, to get the support, the connections, everything that they need to help them in their property journey. And how many meetings do you now have taking place every month around the UK?
1: Every month, I think right now, at the time of filming this, according to this, is about 51 meetings. So uh, obviously, I don't go to all of them. I don't run them. Uh, we've had people who've kind of... What happened was, I, I started the first one, and it, it kind of evolved into what it is now. I never had, initially, the intention of having all these meetings around the country. What happened was, I got a group of people together, because it was self-interest, really. I knew that I could learn more and she more working with other people. So I got, I spread the word. I had some people come along, started, you know, having a few drinks in a pub, but then more people came and people would say to me, Simon, how come you don't work? And I say, well, I do work. He's in my property. I do my No, no, no. You don't go to, how come you don't go to work? This was 2003, remember? Okay. We're talking about quite a while ago. And, um, and I started to explain what I had done. And I realized, actually, I quite like talking about and teaching property. And you know, back then it was really easy. The market was absolutely booming. You could buy anything and it would have gone up in value. Um, um, uh, Anyone could borrow money. It was really easy to invest. And people said, this is great coming to PIN meetings. And I would love it when I would share something and then people go away, they do it, come back in two, three months and hey, I bought a property, it works, I made money and, and I got a massive buzz from that and helping people. Well, some people said, look, it's, it's great, this, but it's taking too long to learn. Could you maybe like put a day together where you put all the knowledge into one day? And I thought, oh, I could probably do that. So by kind of request, I started to run courses. And again, um, love doing that. We get great feedback and, and people come from all over the country sometimes. And then people said, but this is really good. But instead of having to, and then because of that, I, I was, we started a pin meeting in London, I think one in Bristol. And... Um, people said this is great but instead of having to come all this way could I maybe start a pin meeting so what happened was people who had done my training and done really well and they kind of wanted to spread the word they started a pin meeting in their local area so it's not a franchise or anything it's more like a partnership we work with people and um that's how we've grown to the number we've grown and um the the condition is you've got to done training with us because um obviously I have a training company and a lot of people come to our meeting. They've done training with someone else. That's fine. Everyone's welcome to our meeting. Um, but a lot of people haven't done training. They they start meeting some of our clients. And just hearing, not from me or any of my team, but from our clients, what they've achieved, they think, wow, that's amazing. And you know, we're not the biggest training company, but we've got by far the most successful students because the way we teach. And we've been doing it a very long time. We're very, very good at making things simple so people can take action. And so that then brings people into our training business. So uh, it is a kind of a, a funnel into our training business, but we don't do hard sells or pitches. We just get people to love the environment so much and meet people who've been successful. I want this and I don't want to have to do it the hard way. I want to learn how I can get success rather than doing it over years and years. I want to get a portfolio in the next couple of years instead of the next 10 years. Um, And so people self-select and come and do training and, and generally do really well. So that's how it's grown kind of really organic. And when I, when I had about four meetings, I was literally going to every meeting each month and running those and I thought this isn't sustainable and that's when other people started to come in and take over and so I get to each meeting maybe um maybe once every two years um so I'm really not that involved in that business it kind of runs itself we've got a team that does that um but I've kind of stepped away from that and I just do things I want to do but yeah it's great that so many people have know about pin and been to pin and got such nice things to say about it
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it really is a wonderful community. And you just said there. now, obviously, it's given you that freedom again of time to look at a bigger picture, look at the vision of the company and and other opportunities. So which opportunities have now sprung up for you as PIN has grown and you've built the team to take care of the day-to-day running of that?
1: So, well, a couple of things. So um, one of the things I believe is that, you know, property is fantastic. If I had to choose investing in property or training and speaking, I would always choose training to be. That's what I love. That's what I'm passionate about. Property gives me the vehicle. Having said that though, because I'm teaching, I want to make sure I'm up to date. So I still actively invest in property. And i said great money. Why would I not do property? People generally bring deals to me. I've got lots of people who, who want to lend money to me because they, they know they get a great return, it's safe, and they can look over my shoulder and learn. So I do actively invest. And, and through that process, I, I realized how difficult it is um, I tend to do bigger deals, developments, and I take care homes and break them down to smaller units. And, you know, even if you've got a good track record, it's sometimes really difficult to borrow money from a bank uh, for property because they sometimes don't get it. So, property investors out there will kind of relate to this. Um, and so, I was just using private investors' funds. And actually, I, I was speaking at an event. Actually, it was a Roger Hanson event. We mentioned Roger quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking at that event. And, you know, I think it's so important. I, I'm going to digress here for a minute. but Investing in yourself continually is so important. So, I go to other people's events, and people see me, they're sitting there and you're taking notes. And i sometimes say, Simon, yeah, but you, you're an expert. Why, why are you here? Well, because we never know it all. And I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. And this event I was at, that I was actually speaking at with Roger. Um, a guy called Simon Dixon was there and Simon Dixon set up a business called bank to the future. And it's a crowdfunding platform, uh, that if you have a business is a way of raising money for your business, rather than just having to, you know, use your own cash and you basically sell shares in your business. And I thought that's pretty good. And I thought, I wonder if I can somehow use that technology crowdfunding or peer to peer lending to help, um, people who've got property projects, me and others to fund their projects, And at the same time, offer normal people just a great return on their money, rather than the pittance they're getting in the bank. And so, by going to events, by stimulating your mind, and having time, as you said earlier, to think about these things, I thought, wouldn't it be a great idea to do that? So, uh, in 2013, I launched a business. In 2014, we launched a, a peer-to-peer lending platform called Crowd Property. So, it's crowdproperty.com, and it's just for developments in the UK at the moment, so England and Wales and we say we find great projects we do a lot of due diligence and put them on the platform and then normal lenders anyone who's based in the uk has got a uk bank account can lend as little as 500 pounds and at the moment get an eight percent return on their money which is which is just incredible and so we're cutting out the banks cutting out the middleman so that's a business which i'm really passionate about at the moment um spending quite a lot of my time on and actually I've, i've set that up uh, in a way that, um, when people set up a business, and this is a really key learning for everyone who's listening to this, um, usually when you start a business, you're doing everything, and there are some things you're really good at, and some things you're not so good at, and that's really tough. Um, but sooner you can bring other people in to help you, so you can focus on what you're really good at, and where you add the most value, and get other people to do all the other stuff. Your business is going to really grow. And so um, what what we did was we actually raise some money through Bank to the Future. We, so we did a crowdfund. We sold some shares in the business, put 150,000 or so into the business. And I put some of my money in as well. But I wanted to go through the experience of raising money on a, on a crowdfund to see what it was like because I'd never done it before. And I'd heard about it, but never done it. And so a, a point I think is gonna be really where everyone is if you're trying to break out the rat race and you want to raise some money, you know, actually maybe going to a crowdfunding platform or peer-to-peer lending platform, you can get a bit of a loan or sell some equity in your business. And when we sold crowd property, it was, a new, it was an idea. It was a new business. We'd not done any trading at all. We valued it at a million pounds. That's quite a punchy valuation. But I guess because people knew me and they, they'd seen I'd done some other very successful things, and because people could see the idea was a great idea, so they, they had faith in me, the faith in the idea we raised £150,000 and, and all those people got shares and we actually, um, just the back end of 2017, we um, we've been growing the business organically for three years, getting great results. At that point, we lent £11.5 million through the crowd. Uh, we had funded 26 projects and uh, that all worked really, really well. And we thought, right, now it's time to scale the business. So we went to Cedars, which is another crowdfunding platform. We raised... Uh, £900,000 this time, uh, valued the business at um, uh, about £6 million, £5.9 million. And so all those original investors, uh, although it's on paper at the moment, have done really, really well. You know, we performed, the business done really well. So they're all really happy. We had another 500 or so people come in as new investors, investing anything from as 10 pounds up to 60,000 pounds Was the biggest investor. That weighs 900,000 pounds. And we're using that money now to really grow the team. I'm going to bring in a full-time CEO and we're going to start advertising the business and it'll attract more lenders, more borrowers. So a key point is, guys, you don't have to always do everything on a shoestring and using your own money, if you've got a good concept, it, it's much easier now to go out and get other people who wanna come and support you. They believe in your cause, they believe in your passion and, and get them to, to help fund the business. Obviously you wanna perform, you wanna deliver and sometimes businesses don't work, people accept that as a risk. Um, but there's, a, there's another way of just doing it all on your own. Hello, I'm Simon Zuchi, and you're listening to Escape the Rat Race Radio.
0: We've emphasized a few times now, Simon, the importance of really understanding yourself. We've also touched on Roger a few times. And Roger, of course, was a previous guest on Escape the Red Rates Radio, episode 17. Anyone that hasn't listened, go back and listen to that and also take the wealth dynamics test because that's one of the best ways of really understanding what your personality type is. And and that leads me to uh, another question, Simon. In terms of People interested in property, do you see different people with different personalities tend to go for different strategies? Do you, do you see that?
1: Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, within, uh, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know about Wealth timing, so I don't want to go into too much of the case people don't, but there are certain types of personality who, um, uh, certain traits, they might like to find a property and renovate it, for example. They want they can, they can visualize what it should be like, and they want to come and add value to that property, and they might then sell that property. So it's called flipping, they buy, add value, and sell it. Or they might get it refinanced, take all their money out. They've got an asset for free, pretty much. Um, some people, um, they don't want to do that some people just want to um, buy and hold property for the long term. They want to accumulate as much land as they can. Uh, some people will you know, be very cautious. They want to analyze all the numbers. Some will be kind of, yeah, let's go and do it. And some are great at speaking to estate agents and negotiating with sellers, but they don't like doing the numbers. And some people are really good at the analytics and the numbers and the research. And again, if you're just trying to do this on your own, you're not going to be good at all those things. So, Meeting other people at network meetings, understanding that everyone's different, you can, you can work with other people. You don't have to buy property together you could help each other and really share skills and resources for the mutual benefit of everyone in in that little agreement and so yes people have different skills people go towards different strategies uh, based on what they want to achieve some people want to just get one strategy then cookie cutter do the same every single time Uh, a lot of people put processes and systems in place some will be really good at negotiating and and it's recognizing your personal strengths and instead of trying to practice and get better at things you're not so good at, find other people who excel in those areas, and maybe you can work together and help each other.
0: Yeah, yeah, couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> so Simon, we're, we're recording now, we're in 2018, it's January, and it's now pretty much 10 years since the last financial crash. So there may be some people listening now slightly on the more cautious side of the fence who may be thinking, oh, but is property, is it a good time? So what what have you got to say for people who are maybe letting that kind of fear hold them back? When is a good time to invest in property? And should people be a little bit more cautious now than they have been maybe over the last five years?
1: Okay, so a couple of things I like to mention around this. First of all, there's two great times to invest in property. One is about 10, 15 years ago, which, okay, you might have missed that one. And the other one is right now, okay? So if, you, if you're thinking about getting into property, and the caveat is as long as you know what you're doing. So any fool can go and buy a property, and many fools do and go, go and buy property, okay? You've got to buy the right property in the right area at the right price. And I've got five golden rules I'd like to share very quickly with people. Um, I talk about them in my book, Property Magic. And if you follow these five golden rules, you really will minimize the risk of investing and you'll maximize the return. So the five rules are, first of all, we always want to buy from someone who's a motivated seller. What that means is someone who really wants to sell their property quickly. And for that reason, they might be flexible on the terms or the price they're going to sell at. Rule number two, we always want to buy a property in an area with strong rental demand. So the whole point is you're renting this property out. If the current tenants leave, you want to be able to replace them with some other tenants really quickly. If a property is empty, you have what's called a void period. You've got to pay the mortgage, the cost. That's not so good. And, and that then becomes a liability. So you make sure it's an asset putting money into your pocket by having um, – tenants who are covering the cost and making money for you that links to rule number three which is you only ever buy a property that makes you positive cash flow and what that means is each month after you've paid all the bills you've got money left over and that's your profit rule number four is we always buy for the long term and this is this is this will link into your question about the markets um, because you know sometimes people think well, you should buy when it 's low and sell when it 's high and that 's a, a principle that comes from the stock market. The property market is slightly different it, it is cyclical like the stock market goes up and it goes down but there 's more of a lag it 's harder to predict when it 's going to happen you can 't chart the industry as you can with a stock market so my view is actually don 't try and predict what 's happening in the market if you follow the golden rules you 'll be good so for example, as long as you know the good, wrong, strong rental demand and you can rent it out and actually say, say you buy today and let's say prices do go down in a year's time, it doesn't matter as long as it's making cash flow today. If you had to sell it in a year's time and price going down, well, then you've got a problem. But if you're following the golden rules and you've got cash flow, why would you sell it? And if you're following rule number four, you're holding for long term anyway, so we can ride out the ups and downs. Okay, so that that kind of explains that, well, actually, even if it does go down next year, next three years, it doesn't really matter because we're holding long term. Then people say, well, hang on a minute. What if what if it is going to go down next year? Maybe I should wait till next year. Then I'm going to buy. Well, we never know. So, A, you could wait. And I know people who there was a a website in the early 2000s called uh, House. Housepricecrash.com was something. And in 2002, they're saying prices are really expensive. The market's going to crash. You know, you should sell all your property now. And actually, people who listened to that and sold their property missed probably one of the best boom periods from 2007 to 2000. And uh, sorry, 2002 to 2007. So, but the point is if you say the market's going to crash, if you wait long enough, you're going to be right. At some point, it will crash. If you say the market's gonna boom, wait long enough, at some point, it it will boom. So stop trying to guess the market if you're you're trying to invest in property, invest for long term, make sure when you invest now, you make a great decision. Now, the other point is that actually, when there is uncertainty in the market, and as we record this January 2018, you're absolutely right, there's concern about Brexit. What's gonna happen to Brexit? Because to the UK, to the economy, to the population due to Brexit. In 2017, the government brought in something called Section 24, which is a change in the way that they tax property investors. And ultimately, what it means is it's phased in over the next four years to 2020. If you're a higher rate taxpayer in the UK and you own residential rental property in your own name, you're going to pay more tax than you did previously. So that's putting some people off. Now, if you own property in a company or if you're a lower rate taxpayer, you're not affected. But you know, some people are saying, oh, do I really want to get into property? extra taxes? And there are some long-term landlords who might retire early." So there's all this uncertainty going on in the market. And so some people are saying, mm, I'm not sure if it's good. I'm just going to wait. Wait and see what happens. I'll wait till they sort out Brexit. I'll wait till a few years. But you're missing the opportunity. Because let me ask you a question, Christian. Do you think it's easier to find a really good property deal when either the market's booming and everybody's buying and everyone's talking about it? Or is it better to find an opportunity when maybe it's, it's level or maybe slightly going down, what do you reckon? Certainly I would say the latter there, Simon. Absolutely. So if you know what you're doing and if you're educated, if there's some uncertainty, when everyone else is panicking and running for the hills, that's when you can get some of the best opportunities. As long as you know what you're doing, and as long as you do your due diligence and your research to check you're buying the right kind of property.
0: Fantastic advice. Thank you, Simon. Now, looking forward to the next five, 10 years, are there any new, exciting opportunities or strategies that that you are now looking at, Simon, which you're educating some of your
1: community? Yeah, so um, the market's constantly changing, and obviously, you know, when I, uh, when I started in 2003 teaching people the market was booming, then it crashed and it's recovered and it's boomed again. And so we go through the cycles. So what we teach does vary. Uh, the fundamentals of working with motivated sellers is, is always going to be the what's happening in the markets. So that's one thing we teach. And then certain strategies come in and out of vogue. Uh, for the next few years, uh, purchase lease options where you can control a property. That you don't own, but you get cash flow and equity growth from it. That's a great strategy, and that's one of the, the strategies I talk about in in uh, Property Magic. Um, might there be something in four or five years? There might be, but I don't know right now. Um, I've got to wait and see what happens to the market. And then, professional investors, we adapt to the market circumstances. You know, the, the market might tip out a bit, might continue going. I don't. I really don't know. As well as I don't care because I'm holding my investments for the long term. Um, Just one other thing about the market, the strategy you use might also change. For example, I mentioned earlier, you can flip property, you buy it, you do it up, sell it. That's a great property when the market's booming. The market's not so sure right now, or maybe coming down, that's not such a good strategy, because you might get stuck with a property you can't sell, or you you have to sell it for less than you bought it for. So it's about having a number of different strategies, a number of different tools that you can use depending on the circumstances. If you have just one strategy and you're just doing that one thing all the way through, well, that might not be so relevant depending on what's happening in the market.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, Simon, we've come to the end of our time together nearly, and it's been so insightful. You've shared some real golden nuggets with everyone for some of our listeners who may now be listening on that daily commute, squashed up on that underground tube, stuck in that traffic jam, really, really hating life right now and and desperate to kind of find their own entrepreneurial spirit. What would be your advice for someone in that position right now?
1: Okay, so um, I'm slightly biased, obviously, because I've helped so many people replace their income through property. I'd say, well, you should go and go and if they haven't, I'm sure listening they probably have. But go and read Rich Dad Poor Dad first of all, to really understand that. You know, you don't have to be stuck in the rat race There are other things you can do. That's the first step. Then I'd say go and read Property Magic. And actually, uh, we've just written, uh, it's been released the sixth edition by the time this is out on podcast, um, February 2018, the sixth edition's coming out because we keep on updating the book because the market keeps on changing. So it's the relevant latest thing you can read. And in fact, it's also the 10th anniversary. Um, The book came out in February 2008. Um, And so read that. And, you know, Property... May not be your thing, but actually, when you read that book, it will open your mind, expand the thoughts and possibilities. And property might just be your thing. You see, a lot of people think, Oh, well, I'd like to do property, but I need lots of money to invest, or you know, it's only for rich people. Well, actually, that's a myth. Yes, you need some money, but it doesn't need to be your money. And so, as I said, my bias is towards property, and I'd say absolutely look at that. And even if property isn't your passion it can be a way of replacing your income so you can then have time and freedom to go and follow your passion. If you decide actually it's not property at all, it might be stocks and shares, might be internet, I'd say find someone who's done what you want to do and learn from them. You know, invest in yourself. And I'll also say... Don't give up the job straight away. I know some people will kind of think, oh, I need to put all my time into my property or to my internet business, whatever. You don't need to do that. You can absolutely do it part-time. It takes a bit of sacrifice. You've got to put a bit of, you know, some of your leisure time to the side and, you know, you've got to burn the candle at both ends maybe, but it's a short-term sacrifice because once you get enough income coming in for whatever the business is you decide to do, you will get to the point where you're confident enough to take the leap of faith and escape the rat race, and start spending the time doing what you want to do, and is it going to be easy? No, and when you've made that jump, you might think I've got this business, and and I've just now got my own little rat wheel that's going around running my business, so again, make sure you step back from that, and get other people in to help you, because enjoy the journey. You know, we have a certain amount of time on this earth. We don't know how long it's going to be. It's all about enjoying the journey and and trying to find something that that you resonate with, you're passionate about. So you get up out of bed, it doesn't feel like you're going to work. That's why you've given up the rat race because you've got to go and get up a certain time and work for someone else. Having your own freedom, having your own, you know, your own business should give you the ability to live life a little bit more on your terms rather than following someone else's plan.
0: Yeah. Well, Simon, you shared so much. If someone else, uh, someone listening now, would love to find out more, connect with you online, come along perhaps to a PIN meeting, and of course, grab a copy of Property Magic, where should they head to?
1: Okay, so Property Magic uh, available on Amazon now. Um, it's always been a, we've released it. Um, Say so this is going to be the sixth time. Uh, it's always been an Amazon bestseller, so definitely go check it out there. Or most good bookshops have it. Waterstones, Double mm-hmm. X Smiths, the main stores will have it. You can go and get that there. And I really do think that's a really good first step. Um, you can go to a PIN meeting. So the website is PIN meeting. P I N meeting. Dot co. UK. There are meetings all over the country. And in fact, if you buy Property Magic in there, there's a voucher you can use to actually come to your first PIN meeting for free. It's only £20. Pounds. Come along first time for free, and there's no risk. You can come check it out, see if property is kind of right for you or not. Um, you can uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Um, you can look me up on Facebook my Facebook account my personal account is full but I have a um, a page which is uh, uh, successful property investing with Simon Zucci so go and add yourself to that I put lots of videos on there um if you look for Simon Zutcher on YouTube, I've got a channel and I put lots of content out there. So there's lots of information out there. I'm sure you'll find me online. We run lots of free webinars, um, teaching strategies. Um, we put a lot of information. And the reason we put a lot of stuff out there for free is that I think people think, wow, I get all this for free. What would it be like if i kind of come and spent some time with these guys, I spent invested in myself and spent some money? Um, and then a lot of people do that and get great results and, and that's why we do what we do. Absolutely. Thank you, Simon, for everything that you
0: shared today on Escape the Rat Race Radio. I have learned a lot. I know that everyone listening will have too. And I look forward to hooking up with you again soon. I'm sure we'll cross paths in London. Absolutely. And um, I'm wishing you all the best for 2018 and beyond. Thank you
1: once again. And thank you so much for asking me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thank you, Christian.
0: Well, I very much hope that you picked up some useful insights from my conversation with Simon there and that you can see how building his own network back in 2003 almost accidentally after realizing that he was finding it hard to connect and chat with other property investors led to one opportunity after another for him. And that developed into what we know today as the hugely successful Property Investors Network, which now hosts over 50 meetings across the UK every single month. So Simon also mentioned about building your team as quickly as possible and why understanding what you're good at and what areas you most need to outsource is the single best thing that you can do if you want your business to grow faster. Now, don't forget that Simon's book, Property Magic, has just been revised and updated in time for its 10th anniversary, and it still remains one of the very best property investing tools out there for anybody wanting to get started. Now, I've linked to that and all of the other resources that were mentioned today in the show notes, which you can find by heading over to the official Escape the Rat Race website, which is www.etrr.online/podcast. Okay, I really hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, then I'd love to ask you, as always, for two minutes of your precious time to head over into your favorite podcasting app on either iTunes or Google Play, search for Escape the Rat Race Radio, and leave me a review to let me know which of my guests you have enjoyed listening to the most and who else you'd love to hear interviewed on a future episode of the show. All right, next week, we are back with another of our escapees episodes where I'll be speaking to another member of the Escape the Race community who has recently and successfully quit their job and just like Simon, hasn't looked back since. Okay, until next week, see ya.